Did you ever check out that uh, that video, uh, the the announced trailer? For what? For that game that I posted in Discord, that the day before thing to you and Philbilly. Uh, you and Filthy. Uh, no, I don't think I did, but I'll watch it right now. It's only a minute and 28 seconds. Welcome to the short gameplay demonstration trailer for The Day Before, an upcoming open-world multiplayer survival game. Let's see what we have here. All right, all right, all right. I found a great cowboy hat. Tell her everything's all right. And there aren't any more guns in the valley. Easy, cowboy. Looks pretty cool. Doesn't it? It, it kind of has... Maybe like... too scary for me. I don't know. It's kind of got like State of Decay 2 vibes, but with like survival battle royale sort of feels to it, too. I don't know. I... I, I... It looked really interesting to me after I'd watched it. Can no, we... it does look good. I just wonder if it'll be scary. Yeah, right. Can we just talk about the terrible voice acting, though, that they always do in those weird gameplay trailers to make it sound oh. like it's a player? <laughs> yeah, it's always like, oh, that was a little bit scary there. <laughs> right. He's like in an elevator. He just threw grenades and got in a gunfight. Did you hear that shit down here? Shit got wild. <laughs> shit got wild, right. right. I don't think I've ever said shit got wild in a video game in my life. Where he's like, I just found a sweet-ass cowboy hat. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zachary with Old Man Gaming, and you have decided for whatever reason to tune into another horrible gaming podcast, and I am not alone, nor am I ever alone, but I am joined by a special face. Yo, what's up, Old Man Fan? Philbilly330 here, back again, once again, onto the podcast. Yeah, it is special, all right. I am <laughs> filling in for Neil on... As we are recording on Super Bowl night, and he had a prior uh, engagement. Yeah, he had a lot of people coming over, and uh, he asked for the day off, and he is uh, diligent uh, on most of the things, so no problem, Neil. Have fun. And we'll see him back next next week, as per se usual. I think it, since Logan, anybody who listens to this is like afraid that any time a, a person isn't on here, that <laughs> they're going to get replaced. Um but uh, before we get into the show, we need to do some credits. If you are watching this on YouTube, you have noticed some fancy, fancy graphics. Uh, those are supplied by Mr. Mark Bell. Uh, we thank him for that. And then, of course, the theme song for this show and all of the music here on OMG is provided by the man who makes the music, my brother Nick Van Sliders, and we thank him for that. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our first segment. But before we get into it, I just want to say thanks, Phil Billy, for filling in, jumping on the show. We really appreciate the help, buddy. No problem. Um, 
but uh, our first segment, our probably our most favorite segment, that is fan traction. That's where we talk. We the co-hosts talk to you guys, the fans. Uh, we read out your comics and uh, comments in all the places. Um, and yeah, we just we open a dialogue with you guys. We usually use your votes to decide the horrible arena and why we will be using them for doing a little voting this week. You will get an extra week to vote on me and Neil's last pick since we won't be doing a horrible arena this week. So, let's get into it, Phil Billy. Uh, Kev Tutal starting us off. I meant to vote last week. I'm sorry. <laughs> to which I said, you don't have to apologize, laugh out loud. Guys, you don't have to vote. If you don't want to vote, don't vote. Or if you forget to vote, it's fine. It's, this is a fun show. I don't want any of our fans to feel like this is a job or work. <laughs> hey, the episode in, the, in which he didn't vote was a tough one to vote on, to be honest. It really was. It really was. Conceptually, it fell short of, of good. But, you know, we all make mistakes, uh, so we will move on from that. And Kev Tutal said, Neil, got to watch that sodium intake. It's going to get you before you know it. I'm talking from experience, and this is about nut dust. <laughs> <laughs> to which Neil responded, honestly, I need to watch my everything intake, laugh out loud. Uh, which I, I have to concur with that. Uh, then Kev Tutal, keeping it going. Neil gets my vote after careful deliberation with myself. After leaving World of Warcraft, I vowed to never be excited for or for or interested in a game with no defined end. Zach pitched a nearly perfect game, games as service game, Money Printer Go Brrrr. <laughs> so thank you for that, Kev. I appreciate the fine words, even though you voted for Neil. Uh, and then uh, Kev also answered our question, which was what, what non-game games are you into? And he said, currently Dragon Ball Super, trading card game, and Magic the Gathering in commander format. So... Thank you for That's sharing great. with us, Kev. Those are great. I love good trading card game. I used to play the Dragon Ball Z uh, trading card yeah. game back in the day. Uh, Kev did too because I played it with him back in the day. I do want to say, Kev, if I might make a recommendation, and uh, this is digital, unfortunately, but uh, check out Legends of Runeterra. It is an amazing uh, card game for the for the digital sort of thing. And... Uh, yeah, I'm actually pissed because I can never access it again. Uh, but uh, but yeah, if 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 you're into it, into it. Uh, there's something happened with my account, so if I were to play it again, I would literally have to start from fin from the beginning and grind out all my decks again. And mm. I, I don't know if I have that in me. <laughs> so, uh, so before we continue, Phil Billy, since we have you on the show, which one are you voting for? Yeah, I was going to put in my vote, and then you asked me if I'd join, so I figured I'd just enter it live. I actually have to vote for Zach's game. Um, although I am not big on Doctor Who, uh, yeah, Doctor Who yeah. um, I the premise uh, got me because I don't have to play the Doctor because my big problem is I don't like how... how um, what's the word like non-aggressive what's pacifist, the yeah. pacifist yeah I, i'm not a pacifist type player but with me being able to choose the way i play the game the concept everything sounds really cool to me and neil's game sounded cool too it's just i'm not a big puzzle 
uh, a puzzle game player and it sounded like it might have fit better on mobile and i don't uh i just don't tend to play many mobile games or anything yeah that's fair i personally um yeah that was that's my biggest problem with doctor who games on a whole is that uh and and i like obviously i like the pacifist angle because i've watched doctor who for like 13 seasons now but um a big problem with the game, though, is it's the same problem that a lot of the licensing stuff hits, is they always try and make you play, like, people want to play in the world. They don't necessarily want to play the exact same thing, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, how yeah. you make that work is really difficult, and I feel like I feel like this game would really allow you, like, freedom in the Doctor Who world, and, and I think that would be a lot more fun than just, like, trying to recreate a Doctor storyline, you know? Yeah, I would agree. So um, now we have to do one other big one. We have to do this because Kev put the work in and uh, I got to do it. So I got to hop on over to Discord. Uh, Here we go. All right. So like two weeks ago, we asked – actually, you took the reins and asked what people wanted the Ubisoft game to look like. The Ubisoft the Star, Star Wars game. game. Yeah. It was like two or three weeks ago that you did that, and you posted one. So me and Neil responded, and we we said our own as well. And then uh, and then Kev said he had one, and then just didn't tell us what it was. And his is cool too. Yeah. He, he finally told us what it is. So here it is. So my massive Star Wars game takes a big notch out of most paper RPGs, and that is modules. The core game would be would be a MMORPG that encompasses the universe as a whole. In-game economy and control will all be player-driven in that players can own shops, sell in an open marketplace, and if you fight for an empire and win battles, your faction is gaining that control. Those who want to avoid the imperial struggle would obviously live in the Outer Rim worlds and keep off the radar of the huts and the player-controlled bounty hunters they employ. Now here's uh, now here's where the module really get to come into play. Let's say your character is on Tatooine and decides he wants to bet on some pod races. Well, yes, these pod racers are driven by NPC by players in the NPC, but some of those drivers are not playing the MMO. They are playing Moss Eisley Pod Racer a very sim-style racing game that links to the MMO. They can communicate with MMO players for sponsorship, outright selling their pod, all while being able to build and design their own racer. This is a simple explanation of how the multiple games would interact. Squadrons would be a great candidate for a part of the war sim module. Star Wars Universe coming never to PC or console near you. Sad face, sad face. Uh, You responded to that and said, very cool implementation of an MMO in my favorite universe. And I said, very cool. It also has notes of EVE Online, as I noticed. Um, And yeah, I I thought this was really cool. It's a really cool idea. You would really have to, like, do something no gaming company has done before, which is kind of link a bunch of different games together, you know? Yeah, like I was thinking, like, it's an awesome premise. I don't know that it's exactly possible. At least nowadays, or or the it, maybe it is, but I don't think anyone would do it. But uh, yeah, I, I think no, it sounds awesome. I yeah, I, I think it's possible. I just think you'd have to have a developer or a big company really commit to it. You know, 
um, and, and just be like, all of our Star Wars games from this point on moving forward is going to be part of this thing, you know? And yeah, and I mean, tough. it would be, you'd have the player base. I mean, mm-hmm. Star Wars yeah. is the biggest franchise in the entire world. Yeah. So, which, yeah. that's actually a fact. That's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it might be rivaled by, like, Marvel, but but that's it, you know? Yeah, um, it, it has the, like, I actually was, you know, because I'm a nerd about it and <laughs> research it. Yeah, it actually, I, that actually surprised me. I thought Marvel was bigger, but Right, no. right. You would think I, so. <laughs> I think the reason I think it's bigger is because until as of very recently, Star Wars has kind of been a more dormant uh, uh, IP, but um, I guess the 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 fan base is still there. I think in a lot of ways it's cross generational too. Like I think that like uh, whether you're a nerd or like whatever social class you're from, your your parents watched Star Wars and made you watch Star Wars because it was cool back in the day, and then like like that carried through into the next generation. So you've got like four or five generations in Star Wars. You know what I mean? Whereas comics were a niche thing back in the day. Now they're really big, but like back in the day they were a little bit more niche. So it's harder to like have that generational like inclusion, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I would love to see that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always scared of player-driven economies and like it sounds good and then I always end up in it and I'm like I don't want to be part of this anymore. Uh and Eve man, Eve's barrier to entry is just in my opinion astronomical. Uh as a person who actually tried to play it for a a hot second. Um and like a buddy of mine, uh Sean uh Seatown if you're listening to this, uh he's a big Eve player and he actually sent me this like special like how to start Eve sort of guide. And like, part of me is like, Ooh, this is cool. I could get into this. And another part of me is like, do I really want to try playing a game that I need a special guide to even try? <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the only thing that scares me about like the concept that Kevin threw out there is like, you know, how he said you could run shops and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in premise. That sounds awesome. But being an open world MMO, you know, that, there's going to be like this group of idiots that don't really role play it. And they just go and they're like, Hey, I don't have enough money to buy this. So, Hey, let's all six of us go and just kill this shop owner. Now that's true. But I do want to point out, Phil, one thing that is awesome about some of these, uh, these, these kind of economy games is that while you do get those people, you also get some really cool people uh, there's this group in Eve, and the only reason I know about this is Seatown was telling me about it. And uh, basically all they're called, I think they're called the fuel rats or the gas rats or something. Basically anybody who belongs to it, all they do is they like hoard fuel because it's easy in that game to run out of fuel just in space and be adrift. Uh, mm-hmm. So what they do, they're they're completely PC operated. If you call them, they show up with gas. Like that's mm-hmm. that's they that they just set up an organization all by themselves to help other players fuel themselves, and and they're so beloved that if people actually attack them, which happens on on occasion, uh, the like the community rallies against them. So you get those too, which is nice. Well, if the if those defenses are in place, then it could work. Yeah, yeah. It depends on like 
like who you got and how much of a troll uh, uh, a troll group it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I know with like the Knights of the Old Republic, what would happen is, or or the Old Republic, people mm-hmm. would like finally ascend to Jedi Master, and then all the bounty hunters would just team up and like thirty of them would kill him because he became a target, you know, immediately. Right. right. And that dude just spent like a year of his life to get there and just got smited by twenty guys. You know, and I think it's I think it's tricky because I think it really relies on smart gameplay design with that kind of thing. Because if you if you if you're not careful about how you reward your players, like if those people are rewarded for killing that guy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like they're going to go after him every time. So I don't know. I feel like you've got to set up your game in a way that promotes, uh, like, like, I mean, you want some people to be pirates because that's kind of cool, you know? Um, no, absolutely. It's just right. not realistic in the world for, right. 20 bounty hunters to all go after one Jedi for, <laughs> right. for clout. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think there's something to be said about, like, designing it in an intelligent way where there would be no reason for those people to do that, you know? Yeah. All right, but that's, uh, that's fan interaction unless you got anything to add to it, brother. No, I think that's about it for me. All right, well, let's get into our first talking point. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so first talking point today, and since we're not doing a horrible arena, uh, we might do three talking points. We're we're kind of doing some weird off the wall stuff because, as you've already figured out, this is kind of an impromptu show. Uh, so first talking point, me and Phil are just going to talk about something we really, really want to talk about, and that's Outriders, man. We might be the only people in our community excited for this game, but God damn it, if we are not excited. Oh yeah, I and I even promised myself to not get excited for this, just to temper <laughs> my expectations. But I've been seeing more and more. There's some people who have access to the game as it is now, and it just uh, I've been researching. It just seems perfect for me, anyways. Right. Well, I I think gaming as a whole needs a couple more wins too. You know, like I mean, Medium and the Hitman Three. Great. I'm so glad that they got good reviews. They're not ultra buggy right off the bat. There's not a lot of controversy around them. Um, but still, like, gaming as a whole is like, we, man, we need some more wins. And I, I feel like Outriders is poised to give us a little bit of a win, especially with just to announce this to everybody who doesn't know, while the game is not coming out till April 1st, there will be a free playable beta on the 25th of February. Now, we're not exactly sure how long the playable demo is uh, or how much content is available in the demo, but we do know you will be able to play every one of the classes and all of your progression will, in fact, carry over to the main game. That's right, and uh, you best believe that myself and Zach will be streaming that the day uh, or at least close to the day it drops. Oh, and yeah. um, I will be developing builds for each class um, to like starting builds, obviously, because it's the demo. But I'm going to start breaking that game apart because it just <laughs> sounds perfect for my brain. What are you thinking right off the bat? Like you of the four classes, which one are you most excited about? 
You know, I, I've found myself becoming more most excited for the class that least excited me in the beginning. Like, uh, I felt, so for those of you who don't know, there's the Devastator who is like your tank close combat specialist. So, And like he's the one with the rocks, role. right? What's that? He's the one with the rocks, right? Yeah, he can, he has like some earth control, like he can slam the ground and like spiky rocks and shit come out and uh uh so there's him there's the technomancer who seems to be like your long range specialist slash jack of all trades he can be built as a pet class like with uh he has turrets and uh um like machine guns he he can you know morph into battle uh, while he stays behind cover um he can also he's the only class that actually has a uh healing uh i'll call it a spell because i mm-hmm. don't know what it is but an ability um, i guess yes um so he can also he's probably your your guy if you want a support type class as well um then there's the trickster who's kind of your glass tank, but deals insane amounts of damage. And uh, he, what he does is his kind of specialty is he kind of teleports around the field. So teleporting close, get your kills, teleport out of combat. You know, uh, he has a shield uh, that acts as kind of like an overhealth system. He also um, manipulates time a lot, which is what I find so yeah, attractive yeah. about him. He can slow down uh, time on single target or I think on small AOE uh, like type moves. And then you have your Pyromancer, who is my least favorite that I'm thinking is going to... I'm going to play them all. Don't get me <laughs> wrong, but I've become most excited for him because he's obviously Pyro. He's a fire specialist, but... He's kind of your mid-range go-to guy. Like uh, he has some assault rifle uh, uh, skills in his trees, and he um, he he also has a melee tree where you rely on putting dot uh, damage over time effects on your enemies and enemies that are marked with dot um, when you kill them. That's how you regain health with him. That's what's cool. Like. The way combat is in this game, it's it's kind of pushing you to um, be to to regain your health. You need to be aggressive. So, like with the uh, pyromancer, you mark targets, you kill those targets, you regain health. With the devastator, you regain health as you kill with melee attacks. Um, with the technomancer, he has the the skill that. Um, as I said, he can he can actually heal, heal people. And then I believe the trickster is all about backstabs, right? Uh, I think his health regain is it's something about the mark. I, mm. I'm not exactly sure how it works. It, I think it, it it has something to do with when he uses his teleport thing. Right. It, if he he marks that target that he attacks or something right. like that. It it's it's very interesting. I, I'm having a hard time with the classes because while the Technomaster seems to be a little bit more my 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 style of, of my mode of play, uh at the same time I love the trickster's powers so much. Like 
like just that time manipulation, slowing down your enemies, speeding yourself up. I think that's just so cool. I've I've always been a big time travel guy, so I I think that that just attracts me. Even so, I don't know. I'll probably try him first, and then also try the Technomancer and see which one I like the best. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're all really cool. I don't think you can go wrong. And what's nice about this game, it seems to be like. Hey, you want to snipe? Yeah, the Technomancer might be the guy to do it, but that is not your right. only option. Right. Like, you you can do what you want with whatever class, especially because, I mean, I don't want to get too long-winded without you talking, but they... Uh, <laughs> no, they, go for it. We got plenty they, of time, man. We, we, we're missing a segment. We got to fill in 90 minutes. They really uh, allow customization the way I think... No game has done it as of yet. I think Borderlands gets close, but they have the way they've done their customization. You can you can actually upgrade weapons. So, like if you find a weapon you like, you can carry that for longer by upgrading it. I don't know what resource you're spending to do so. That's kind of like Godfall, right there. Yeah, kind of. I almost hope they do it a little better than Godfall because Godfall. You can, but there is a limit to it. Yeah, there is. And I guess there has to be a limit in, in a looter game. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the way the loot is divvied up is more like a um, Destiny approach as opposed to a Borderlands approach, too, which the nice thing about that, while I'm not a Destiny guy, uh, Borderlands because there's loot explosions all the time. Yeah, we it, you about don't this. get that sense of uh like hell yeah, I got it, you know. Uh it's just like puking guns all the time. But Well, and you can't it's it's not about doing a thing to get a thing. Like one of the cool things about Destiny, if you don't mind me cutting in for a second, is no. uh uh like like the Black Forge missions, you would pick, like, this is a specific type of weapon I would like to get, and instead of, like, having to go fight this one dude 77 times until your your specific weapon drops with a .5 drop rate, what they do is, like, okay, you can have this exact type of weapon. First, you have to go here, do these three things. Then you have to go here, do these three really hard things. Then you have to go actually forge it at this site. And it's this special mission that's going to take a lot of time and effort. And and that's what's really cool. I love the idea of a quest just to get the weapon I want to get, you know? Yeah. And I would mu- I would much rather that than just weapons showered on me all day, all night, and they're just garbage, you know? Yeah. Yep, for sure. The other cool thing, um, you can mod your weapons. And Mm. what I thought thought was really cool with this is modding your weapons can actually add, let's say I'm playing a pyromancer. I can find a mod for the weapon that allows me to make a stone shell around my body, which is actually the Devastator's one of his skills. So your mods can almost allow you to cross class your character in a way. That's really cool. That's really. I I thought that was awesome. Uh, What else? Oh, um, there's going to be a lot of speed run potential in Mm -hmm. the end game, uh, which 
I I happen to enjoy that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not a speed runner, but uh, I've always like in Borderlands and the raids and stuff. Right. I like um, being able to solo things that aren't supposed to be soloed. I'm not the fastest at it, but I I do it, and that in, in itself is sometimes impressive. Right. Um. Uh, you can easily respec your character. It doesn't cost you anything. So if you uh, go down a certain tree and you didn't like what you, you know, you wanted to try a different tree because each character class has three trees, uh, you can respec at any time. I'm hoping uh, that they have the ability to save a loadout, uh, a loadout yes. Yes. which is something no game has impressed me with the ability to I keep to almost add. interrupting you to add something, and then you say the thing I'm about <laughs> to add uh, right before I get to say it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm no, 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 you're fine, about man. This one. I'm really hyped about this game, too, and I, I, skill loadouts are amazing. It's something I wish Godfall had because I switch them around constantly. I think, uh, I think right now my only concern about this game my only concern is the Godfall concern, and that is Godfall is technically pretty sound. I mean, it's got its bugs. Anybody who's been watching our Let's Plays has seen them. Um, but, like, on its base level, it's pretty good looter, but there's just nothing else to it. it. The story is awful. There's no extra story content. It's short. There's not a lot of stuff to do in the game. There's, like, three activities that you just do over and over again, you know, um, well, if you if you haven't heard, this game supposedly has a pretty in-depth story, and yes. actually the end game adds to the story. Yeah, I have heard that, and that's what I'm that's what I'm really excited about. Is I feel like this could be the one that really shows what these kind of games can do when they're done right. And I feel like I feel like my like I said, like I'm not trying to be down on it. I'm saying my only concern is that's the only way because. Everything I've seen, it's technically sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's how I feel about this game. I feel like they've showed us enough that I'm like, all right, technically, this is everything I want. The only thing we really haven't seen a ton of is the story and how it's implemented, which you really can't until the game comes out, and 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 all the activities you're going to be doing. You know, so like that's the one thing I still need to see to be happy, but I really think that they're going to have it. I I'm, I've got very high hopes for this game. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it, it's also cross platform, which is something that I always hated about the other looter shooters like borderlands. So yeah. if I start making builds and stuff and you guys need help, I don't, it don't matter if you're on PC, PlayStation or Xbox, I can, you know, play with all of hopefully the community that we can build around this game. Well, and that's just something that why are we still doing that at all? You know, like I, I've been thinking about getting, money. I, I guess money, but it's <laughs> it's like you make just as much. Like, I don't think you lose that much by just making it cross platform. You know, like I, I don't know. My For Honor account, like I, I've been thinking about buying it on PC because I don't necessarily love playing stuff on my Xbox anymore. Um. What bothers me about that is, like, I'm going to spend that money on it, probably. Uh, like, that's just something I want to do. And it will carry my progress over, but I can't play with my brother on Xbox. Why? why like, wh like, if I can get my progress from my Xbox, why can't I play with my brother on Xbox? Like, 
Why does because it hurt? They want your brother to buy it again. Too, yeah, but he please. doesn't even have a PC. So uh, honestly, honestly, it's actually hurting their chances to get my $25 because I might not buy it on PC because Nick's never going to get it on PC. So what's the point? You know what I mean? So yeah, like in, in in one way, I see where you're coming from. But at the same time, like there's there's a chance I just don't even get it on PC so you're losing out on that money. Like, I don't know. I feel like more freedom is just better for everybody, and it makes you look better, and people want to spend more money on you, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only concern I have with Outriders is they don't have much. Um, I mean, they have an end game, but mm-hmm. they have said uh, it's not a games of service, oh. which I think is refreshing um, in some ways, and they don't exactly what they said. But this isn't a bad thing. Um they they said that they will explore DLC if the game is successful and there is a want for it. So if I had to make a guess, they already do have um, some DLC plans and started. Uh, and they'll know fairly quickly if the game's going to have the legs it needs to right. make it worth sticking that extra money into getting that stuff polished up and sent out. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm really getting sick of the the uh the just the the way people avoid that term. First of all, if your game is always online and it has to always have an internet connection, it's a games as a service. I don't care what you tell me, what you put in a press release, what you like if I have to constantly be connected to the internet, it's a games as a service. Just call it a games as a service, uh, own it, and 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 make it good. I don't understand why there's a problem with that. Uh, see, I I kind of disagree with you a little bit there because uh, games as a service has become this thing where it's okay for these companies to just dump trash out and tell you, well, it's going to be better later. Uh, I think it's bullshit that these games like Cyberpunk and stuff, people are being like, oh, well, it's a it's a games of service. In six months, it'll be good. I don't Nobody give a fuck about six months Nobody said that's a games of service, though. That's not a games of service. Like, that's not a games of service, even remotely. That's Okay, a Destiny is a games of service. Yes, it was is a trash for six months. It was complete garbage. I mean, it played. It didn't have any bugs. It still worked. It just didn't have as much to do as other games. It didn't have the activity pool yet. That, that's not bad. I mean, it wasn't like Cyberpunk that came out and was absolute trash. It just just didn't have enough stuff for people to do. Uh, I don't that's know. That's why people were upset. I don't love games of service. I don't, I don't like like the Marvel Ulti- or Marvel's business well, plan for their games of service. That game was trash. That game was trash. And I, I'm not disagreeing that that game was trash. But that game was trash not because... Somebody said it was games of service. That game was trash from the get go because it was buggy and it was messy, and that's why. Like it, it didn't, it didn't necessarily mean that it was a, a the games of service model screwed anybody over. And that's that's my problem. Is it's like, it's like company like, that's the example. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is not a games of service and it's trash. Story games can be trash just as much as games of service. People are so afraid of that using that term now. Because people are just gonna assume that it's bad when just no, no, make but people it good, automatically you know? assume that a games of service has microtransactions, and that's a correct assumption. 
this game is claiming there is zero microtransactions. Well, and that's great that there's zero microtransactions, but I still have to always be connected to it on the internet. I I, I feel that that is games as servicey right there at its core. I mean, that's and I'm not how it's gonna be. I think from now on. I mean, okay, then, I mean, a lot of... So you want games, every game to be called a games of service if it's online? I mean, yeah. If, if it always has to be online, like if I have to log in to an internet service provider to play the game, it's a games of service. If I have to access a server off-site, it's a games of service. No, because that's what they use to patch... They do hot fixes and stuff via online connectivity. Well, that's fine, but that so that makes then it... just make yourself feel better and pretend that every game from now on is games of service, and you'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not gonna make myself feel better because there's plenty of games that don't need to be online, don't need to receive those patches or updates to play. Like, I mean, it's 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 a fact that if it's always online, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's not ridiculous. It's just call it what it is. So you're okay with calling Borderlands not a game as a service because you don't have to be online? Yeah, although I feel like they're very games as servicey, but you don't because have to be online. Because if you play not online, you're playing a trash version of the game. That game came out as trash, and it wasn't. They never called themselves games as service. I know, but I mean that's you what don't I'm saying. Have to like be I'm, online, yeah. So it's not from your your justification is all yeah, i'm saying i think you're missing the point of what i'm saying though i'm not necessarily saying like i'm saying that like people need to stop just avoiding a term because they think that that term will necessarily be trash right off the bat the term doesn't make the game trash what i'm saying is the game being trash makes the game trash i'm just saying in outriders case i think they're claiming it's not a games of service because there is no microtransactions, and there is no such thing as a games of service without microtransactions. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. What game is a games of service that does not have microtransactions? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I don't think of a games of service as a game that has to have microtransactions. That's what I just said. Like, I, think I don't that's agree with part that. Part of the definition, though. I mean, Personally. I mean, we're splitting hairs at this point. I don't, I don't want to like go down this uh, games as service road all day. Uh, I, I want this game to be great. I just, I, I'm sick of people avoiding a term just because they don't like it. I'm just glad that it doesn't have microtransactions. Well, and that's fine. It cannot have microtransactions. I'm not saying it's bad that it doesn't have microtransactions. That's not what I was saying either. I was just saying that like. I, I'm sick of people just deciding that a game is bad because of a word that's attached to it, you know? And there are plenty of games out there that are great with microtransactions. Yeah, I mean, some would argue that Destiny is a great game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and I think every game requires its own kind of thing, whatever that thing is. It's just, I like like, that specific phrase is just like, it's, it's like, it's, if it said, everybody's like, oh, no, it's not that. No matter what, it can't be that. And it, I, I get a little bit sick of that. Like, I mean, I just know I know a lot of people that love microtransaction yeah. games. Yeah. It's not just, it, it's not, you're right. saying everybody hates that term. I don't right. think that's true. There's I, a lot of mm. people like you that do because they look at it as a game's a service is never going to die. Right. 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 I, I think there's, 
I think we're in a minority, at least in the mainstream media of gaming, which I probably shouldn't use that term, but uh, in the mainstream media of gaming, I think on a whole, people immediately look at it as a bad word. Not necessarily all the players. I'm just saying like most people are so quick to say that their game is not games as service, like right off the bat. And that's, yeah. I don't know that that's always right. I think that avoiding that term is not really necessarily a great idea, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so back to the good stuff, though, of the game. I do want to think, I do kind of have this kind of suspicion that they delayed it a little bit just because of the cyberpunk thing. But on the upside of that, while we're not getting the game as fast as we wanted, can we just talk about how awesome this free demo idea is? Yeah, it's perfect. It lets people make an educated decision right. on whether they want to buy that game or not. Yeah. And and, and they're not getting... It's even better than, like, uh, a beta. Right. Because they're actually playing the beginning of a finished product. Right, right, right. I mean, I think that, like... I think every game should come with this kind of thing. I, I really do. And I think that this is kind of the best example of some self-regulation by some developers, you know, by saying like, we're going to put this out. You will be able to see if you like it because the refund system is so, is so bad. So you can make that informed decision, you know? Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think, I, I think monster hunter rise did it wrong. Yeah, And I think this is the way you need to do it. Like, I'm less and less, not to talk about Monster Hunter, but I'm less oh, and fine. less excited for that game. Um, partially because I just don't care for the Switch. I'm growing to dislike <laughs> it more and more every time I play it. Blasphemy. But, Blasphemy in the world. How dare uh, you say that? I know. I am definitely <laughs> the minority on that one. I just don't <laughs> like it. I, I understand all your gripes. Like, honestly, I do. I, I've had a lot of the same problems you have, and the only reason I fight through it is because of the portability of it. If, if I couldn't have the Switch, like, if I had to play the Switch connected to a TV or something like that, I would never play that system. Like, it would just never happen. I would always pick another game. The only reason Switch gets as much play with me as it does is, like, if somebody's using the TV and I don't want to watch that thing, I can play the Switch instead. If my kid, when my, you know, I have to sit with my kid for about a half an hour when she's going to sleep, when I do that, I can play the Switch. You know, that's, I literally, I am 100% in agreement with everything you don't like about it. Uh, the only reason I keep playing it is because of that portability. Yeah, I, I get it. I just want, if I want to play a game like that, I want my, DS back on some little <laughs> games that I can just go play Pokemon in the corner and not want to play socially. I'm such a social gamer and the Switch is trash for Oh, it's trash. Like, I can't even like easily play with you. Like no. I, I fear that mm. even if we both get rise, like I can't even easily play with you. We will literally have to connect through Discord on our phones to talk to each other. And yeah. To even mess it, you can't even, there isn't even a private message system on Switch. Like, what world is that? Like, you can't even message somebody through their system. Like, hey, do you want to play with me? Like, you can't do that. You can't even, you literally cannot even invite them 
to the game unless the game itself has software to do that. Yep. Which is, God, it's it's absolutely the bottom of the barrel for for multiplayer play. Like it really is. Yeah, and just I am a multiplayer type person. No, I get that. I totally get that. But what led us down this rabbit hole <laughs> is what I was getting at was that Monster Hunter's demo wasn't you playing a completed game. So you play the demo and you find some things you don't like and you're left with the question, well, is that how it's going to be in the game or is that just because it's a demo? Whereas Outriders is actually giving you the game a small right. portion of it right but it's the game so yeah. you're gonna get an actual taste right. for what you're going to do making the most educated decision on whether or not that game is for you right i i'm i'm, I'm in complete agreement with that i think that like that's really a key is like you like monster hunter rise is like this weird custom section that you might get a reward for when you buy the game but whereas Outriders is literally like the first section of the game that you can play and do whatever you want with. And that that's amazing because right off the bat, you can be like, I want this game or I don't want this game. And if if every game out there coming out had to be delayed three months to do this, do it. 100% do it. Then I won't have to fight. I'm still fighting for with CDPR for my refund, which I'm never <laughs> going to get. But still, like it's ridiculous. There's no system for this in our industry it's terrible travesty this kind of stuff needs to happen though developers publishers they need to start self-regulating or the government's going to step in and the government never does anything right ever so like <laughs> so like i don't want to see that i just don't want to see that yeah oh uh, by the way i did hmm. hear for two to four hours they said depending on play style and how deep you get into the beginning oh man how much can i ring that orange for is what i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> i i could tell you if i really like it i probably will play that demo all the way up until release because i will just keep replaying the same shit grinding out and trying to get the best loadouts that i i mean i know there'll be trash loadouts because it's so early in the game but it'll be cool to go in with with a, a huge game plan of where I want to take that that character to the end, you know. Well, and I know you're the build master. You know what I mean. I know how much I, I've I've spent a lot of time around you. I know how much you love to just like do the math on like character stuff like that. And there just really hasn't been a game like that other than Borderlands Three. And Borderlands Three just keeps getting worse, in my opinion. Um, and I don't want to go back. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but. Yeah. Like, you just haven't had anything, so I feel like this is definitely your game. Um, but we, we definitely need to move on unless there's anything you want to add. Um, No, I think I covered it. I'm just really excited for Outriders. Oh, so am I. So am I. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our second talking point uh, and some interesting news out of video game world. We're not quite sure what the implications of this are going to be. But since I have a dude who's all about Borderlands, or used to be all about Borderlands on the channel, I figured we had to talk about this. Gearbox has been purchased by the Embracer Group, which, in case anybody is really keeping track, that's basically THQ Nordic, which now owns, like, all games. So, uh, yeah, um, 
this could have some sweeping implications. Uh, one thing, Gearbox has not been the greatest in the PR right uh, lately, <laughs> um, mainly due to, you know, it's no secret. You and I don't like Randy Pitchford. He's kind of oh, a giant. No, he's a dick. He's, he's, he's kind of a giant douche. Um, so on the upside, I feel like this might be good for the developers because they've been screwed by him multiple times. I feel like having an actual company own them uh, might actually get them some normalcy so that they can get out from under their uh, his thumb. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it could be a danger for borderlands itself the ip um but i don't know it's hard to say well with thq nordic owning the gearbox stuff that means that like literally any thq nordic developer can now use i mean with of course their permission but can now use any of gearbox's um ip yeah yeah but i just know that although he's a douche pitchford does play a large role in borderlands especially um and i don't know if he's planning on sticking around but if he is the question is can he handle not being the big dog anymore and will he continue to stick around but that doesn't mean that someone else can't come in and make another borderlands game right and hell maybe they'll make maybe they'll do the right thing on borderlands 4 if it comes out and do what the actual players wanted not what they seem to think the players wanted well i'd love to make a speculation about that and see if you agree with it um i kind of feel like if i had to like now with with hindsight being 2020 and borderlands 3 being what like two three years old at this point um I feel yeah, two. Oh, almost it, two, huh? It'll be two in two, October, two. a year okay. and a half. Okay, year and a half. Uh, I can kind of look back, and personally, the thing that I feel hurt Borderlands three the most was they just tried to do Borderlands two again, just bigger. Uh, like they didn't add anything really new to the system. They didn't really innovate in any way. Um, they didn't really push anything like. I don't know. Uh, wh- what's your take on that? Like, I feel like I feel like almost Randy Pitchford, or not even Randy Pitchford, but that mentality, which I feel like came from Randy Pitchford of two was good. Why would we change it? Uh, is kind of what hurt him a little bit. What do you think? See, see I kind of feel the opposite. Okay, I think they tried to. Okay, remember, obviously me and Zach are a little bit different types of Borderlands players. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I tend to judge based on the end game because that's where I spend most of my time. Okay. And I think they changed the end game formula in all the wrong ways. Okay. Because they brought the raids that were, well, I, I'll take that back. One of the raids was cool. I know exactly the where you're going Raid at Malawan takedown was cool. But they got rid of all of the raid bosses mm-hmm. as in they took as in the way they were in Borderlands like 2. Like hidden in and stuff. Yeah, where you would you there there's this thing called Iridium in Borderlands and in Borderlands 2 it had a value. In Borderlands 3 it means nothing because right. you don't spend it on anything other than upgrades that you're done with halfway through the main campaign. Right. Um but I could go, if I knew this one particular raid boss dropped this gun I was looking for, I could just go pay Iridium, fight him, kill him, 
hop out, do it again, where they stuck the raid bosses behind actual raids now. So, you know, that 5% chance of Wotan in in the third game had a a four-gun loot pool, let's say. And if I wanted to fight Wotan, I had to fight 40 minutes through. That's an exaggeration. I I had gotten it down to 20, but even most people took 40 minutes. Yeah. When you uh, got a 0.5% drop rate, that's huge. Yeah, exactly. So, and there was no way for me to pay any, pay any in-game currency Iridium uh, to jump to Wotan to just fight him and be done. Like, um, I felt like as far as the main story, I'll agree that they didn't innovate much and it hurt them, especially because they didn't have the amazing, uh, villain in the game anymore, Handsome Jack. Right. Which I understand that that it didn't really allow for it, and it would have been a cop out to just throw him back in there. Yeah. But they went about it in this weird, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I didn't like the villains, the cringe twins. No, uh, they weren't great. Um, they were these streamer. It was yeah. supposed to be a joke. It wasn't funny. They weren't funny. No. Um, it honestly kind of felt like a big slap in the face from Randy Pitchford. Personally, I, I kind of felt like it was him saying, giving everybody the middle finger kind of subtly. Um, but before we continue, I do want to just uh, not counter, but actually say, I don't think we're that far apart. I think it's just the way we were looking at something is a little bit different. So you're saying that like they didn't, uh, they innovated too much on the the end game. But let me run something by you. I'm like when I talked about innovation, I'm not even necessarily talking about the story. Like if you did Wotan and it was 20 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever, and you only have that 0.5 percent drop rate, yeah, that blows. But what if you were doing it for a specific weapon you knew you were gonna get? Or you could pick the weapon that you were going to get before you went in. Then the 40 minutes would feel good. What I am feeling, what I felt like needed the innovation wasn't necessarily the story. Uh, it was how they did their loot system. Okay, that's fair. So yeah. looking at it from your lens, what I would say is they innovated too much wrong. Right, right. Yeah. I, like okay, they, that's fair. They, so I would say they did innovate. But they screwed it up, right? Right. <laughs> I guess is or the so, parts the parts that they innovated weren't the parts that needed the innovating. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, either way, I, I think that this. I'm is, not in disagreement with no, you. I, I just look at it a little bit different. <laughs> that's all. We're having a disagreement day. Me and Phil Billy don't have a lot of those. <laughs> I'm just kidding. no, but I'm this just one kidding. actually isn't. I, no, I it isn't. I, I think we're in. Personally, I think the overall sentiment is the same, which is I feel like fresh blood might help the 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 franchise, honestly. Yeah, it could. Um, the thing that I'm nervous about that I really want to see, because they really haven't announced how this is going to affect, because Gearbox, what people don't realize, Gearbox is not just a developer. Gearbox no. is a relatively large publisher. They have a lot of IP under their belts that they don't develop in-house you know, Godfall being one of them. Um, there's there's a strategy game that I can't remember the name of. I think it's Homeworld. That's another one under their belts. They have a lot of games under their belts that I want to know. The Aliens the, franchise. Yeah, what is the fate of those games? Like, are those going to go to TH Nordic or are they cut loose? Like, 
those developers, those third, those second party two gearbox developers, what are they gonna do uh, in the wake of this? Like counterplay games and those kind of things. Uh, uh, you know, we they haven't really told us. You know. Yeah. Um. It's it's kind of up in there. I would assume they would go. You know, follow. Uh, Nordic or be offered the option. I mean, uh, Gearbox does not own the IPs or no, the developers the that they publish. Right, they just publish for them. So really it's up to the developer, but at the same time, it's also up to THQ Nordic or Embracer Group. They can say, hey, we don't want to publish your games. And then those developers are just out in the cold. So I, I will say I, I want to see what happens with that, honestly. I, I would hope that another publisher would pick them up if yeah. that were the case. Yeah. But who knows? Honestly, I'd love to see uh, uh, Counterplay Games take a swing at Borderlands. Uh, like, I know that Godfall is lackluster, but I, f I feel like a lot of that was due to budget and rush constraints. I feel like if oh, someone... That, yeah, that game got us the shaft. It, it really did. It really did, but... At its core, it's fun. You and me both agree. I feel yeah, like it, if you if you gave that uh, like that kind of an IP to them and just said, "Hey, you had take as much time and money as you need," I feel like we could get something really special out of that company. Yeah, I I will say like I don't I won't now that I've played so much of it, I won't say Godfall's a good game, but it's not the game's fault. No, no, it really isn't. Like it's, I mean, it's not a good game, but nah. it could have been. Yeah, yeah, it could have. There's potential. I, I don't know that I wouldn't say that it's not a good game. It's just not a memorable or great game. It's like run-of-the-mill. You're Like, there's nothing. They did so many things good, too. Yeah. And, and they yeah. fell flat because of, uh, well, lack of support in the back end because it did so poorly. Mm -hmm. and then yeah. And then the fact that I think it just got rushed because it was a PlayStation launch title. Yeah, and... I think so too. And I, I honestly think that's one of the reasons that like, uh, it almost seemed like their relationship with PlayStation had kind of gone to hell even before that game had come out, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that might even be part of it, but, um, all right. Well, is there anything you want to add to this subject or should we just move on to odds and ends? No, I mean, I think we can move on. It's kind of a lot of speculation right yeah, now. We only is. know what we know, and and that's all. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot. We know that Gearbox is now owned by Embracer Group. We're not exactly sure what that will break down to be in the end, you know? Uh, whether that's going to be what those those second-party developers are going to do and who's going to get those IPs. You know, I, I think it would be really interesting to expand on the Borderlands universe with some side games that maybe aren't just your straight-up looter shooters. I think that would be interesting, too. Oh, I agree. I think you could make a lot of different types of games with that IP. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Tales from the Borderlands Season 2. Fingers crossed we get that at some point. Yeah, they talked about that, like, Back before Borderlands 3 was launched. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, they made like reference that they might do it, and then they never did because it ended in a cliffhanger, but still we saw Reese, so something happened. Like It's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to odds and ends, and uh, yeah. Horrible Gaming Podcast.
All right, so that brings us to odds and ends. This is the part of the show where we like to catch little smaller news stories that don't necessarily deserve a talking point, but we want to share with you guys anyway. Now, as you guys know, this was kind of a haphazardly thrown together show. Um, So obviously, Phil did not know he was doing the podcast until earlier today, and when he knew, he had to spend three hours uh, here, uh, overseeing Blaze Phillips and Ziggy Vans doing their commentary. So it was, uh, it was a little bit of a thing. Um, so obviously I'm not expecting you to have any odds and ends, but I have collected some. So if you just want to riff on them, buddy. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about, first thing I want to talk about, because you are a call of duty person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, call of duty has announced, uh, like through basically, it's through an uh, an investor's call, so it's not like an official announcement, but everybody knows it's real. That they are still keeping this franchise annualized, and there will be a Call of Duty this year. Um, you got any thoughts about that, dude? I I don't I don't have any idea what it could be. I mean, they just launched um, what, what's it called? Uh, uh, uh Black Ops. No, 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 no. That's that was last year. Oh, Cold War, Cold War, Cold War. Yeah, they just launched Cold War a couple months ago. Um, but it is it's Black Ops Cold War. Yeah, it's Cause weird. It's the they sequel like to the original Black Ops. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I see. I don't. Pl- all I play is Warzone. The free to play Warzone. Uh, um, What's so, interesting to me. Phil Billy is I actually and and uh, you can disagree with me because you are way better at you know more about this than me. But from what I have seen, one of the things that everybody was concerned about Call of Duty doing a battle royale in the first place was the fact that like they're an annualized franchise. You're going to have to buy the game every year, whatever. But since they made Warzone free, they've kind of seamlessly integrated the new stuff. Uh, I don't know. What do you how do you what do you think about that? Um, you are you talking about like the new weapons and stuff yeah, that like, are like they moved? They I I know there was like a problem with a battle rifle for a little bit, but like when they switched to the new game, they just kind of moved Warzone forward. You could still play Warzone for free. You still gotta buy the other stuff. Like it didn't really affect anybody that much. No, uh, it didn't. The only so the big disadvantage to being like me though and not owning the game is just the fact of leveling up weapons. Right. Because if you if I owned the game and had multiplayer, I could go in a multiplayer match with that said gun that I wanted to level up and I could get 30 40 kills because multiplayer's on a, you know, extremely small maps and it's just a bloodbath. I got So you. I have that disadvantage. it takes me I have to play tricks on, uh, like I just run contracts on uh, plunder. It's mm. really boring, but it's the only way that I can like efficiently somewhat level up weapons. Right. So it does. It is easier to unlock and level up things if you own the game. Uh, I just don't personally. <laughs> I I play Call of Duty for weird reasons. Yeah. Like I don't really <laughs> love Call of Duty. Yeah. I just. I, I just love the people that I, I play Call of Duty with. Like and if the I've people you were playing Call of Duty with were playing PUBG, that's probably what you would be playing. Yeah. Right, right. I I think personally, uh, 
I think there's got to be a law of diminishing returns. I, I've said this before on the podcast. I think annualized franchises are dumb. Uh, beyond recognition in gaming. I think you need at least two years between franchises. When you annualize franchises, you always get behind and you end up with 2K20. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like eventually you won't be able to put out the game that you want to put out. And not only do you end up with 2K20, you end up with Assassin's Creed Unity. Like every time you get an annualized franchise, eventually like five or six in, they peter out. Even Call of Duty had to take a year off break before they came out with World War II. Now you've got a pandemic situation going on, and you're somehow gonna make another one, uh, uh, another one. Like, uh, you you know why I think they get away with it though? Have you hmm. ever noticed that Call of Duty shuffles back and forth between its Treyarch and yes. Raven yeah. something? They I actually think? had three. It was Treyarch. It was Sledgehammer, and then it was one other one, and it was like Raven something. It was just like what you said. Uh, Raven, the Raven something was brought on recently for the Cold War campaign. They weren't Yeah, it, normally... they're supposed to fix it. Right, on, right. But... So like, but but it was only two. It's, it's only two now. It's like Sledgehammer and Treyarch, I think. But, oh, Infinity Ward was the third one. Infinity Ward was the third. It was I, thought it, I thought Infinity Ward was the Warzone thing. One of them got folded. Like one of them got folded into another one, so there's only two doing them now, and and I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I haven't kept up with it that much. The thing that the thing that gets me is you now have a free way to play the multiplayer, a free way that is probably infinitely more popular than your normal way of playing it. Um, I don't know. I feel like how are you gonna keep like this is a multiplayer game. How many people pay sixty dollars to play play that story? It's a good question because you know? I know a lot of the guys that I play with, they they owned God dang it, what was it called before this Cold War? It was Modern Warfare. Okay, so a lot of them bought Modern Warfare and did not buy Cold War. So I thought in my head that Cold War didn't do that great. And then I find out that Cold War like sold more than they've ever sold. Right. So it just so happens that my group didn't jump on the Cold War wagon. Probably because they they play. I don't think they ever play multiplayer anymore because they're always on with me every night that I play. So (laughs) how much can they really play the game? (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know. Uh. You're right. It does keep selling every year, but I feel like there's going to come a point where, especially like, okay, so Warzone came out. Well, Modern Warfare came out. Warzone was not free when it came out, right? It was bought. Warzone went free about six months in. Then six months later, Black Ops came out. So, I mean, Cold War came out. So what you had is you had, okay, everybody bought Modern Warfare because they wanted to play it then six months in Warzone goes free so some people jump on but the people who hadn't jumped on yet and want to jump on fully they buy the Cold War the next one I feel like is the one that might take the hit from it because at that point everybody's like okay we're all on Warzone now what what are we doing like we're not going to spend $60 for a four hour campaign that isn't really that great yeah, because the general consensus of at least, I mean, obviously I'm pulling from a small portion. There's a lot of us, but um, 
the general consensus is that you either play Warzone or Zombies. And right. and so how many people are going to buy a $60 game if all they're really, I know it's not all they're getting out of it, but if all they're really looking forward to it is a Zombies game. Right, right, exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next couple. These but, ones... I will say okay. real quick. No, go for it. That even if what you're saying does happen in the diminishing returns, they will be just fine on what they make off of Warzone. Yeah. Be- yeah. Because although it's free, most people I know for a fact do not play that game like I have. Yeah, but here's the thing. At some point, you've got to say to yourself, all right, we're making more money off the free thing than we than we are losing to make the new thing. So yeah, let's yeah, just not make saying. let's just switch over to Warzone and put that money into something else like our beach houses or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, in any case, <laughs> <laughs> to move on, uh these ones you're not going to have as much to say about. That's why I wanted to talk about that one first. Um the next, uh, this one's a little bit smaller. Uh, the Prince of Persia remake, the original Sands of Time remake through Ubisoft. I know this is not one that would interest you. Uh, I played it. You did play the original? I love those games. They, the, the, Those games are like, bad. those games I would play for nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like those were games that like hit me at a certain time, at the right time. You know what I mean? Like that just like. I don't know, got the feels up when I played through all three of them. So, like, I would definitely get the remake of that just for nostalgia. Uh, However, it has been delayed. It had a March release date. It has been delayed, and they have not given a release date. And I hate to say this, but I think it's going to get canceled uh, because it got a lot of not-so-love when it was announced. So as much as I want to see this game and would pay for it if it came out, I'm very scared that we're never going to see it. Why didn't it get much love? Do you think it just doesn't have the fan base it needs? Or uh, No, because they're doing, uh, like, they're calling it a remake, but they didn't add a whole lot to it, and the graphics that they showed uh, when they when they showed it were kind of like, like, they were better than what it was when it came out on the Xbox 360, but it was nowhere near what they're at right now. So a lot of people were like, why are you doing this half-assed? You know, yeah. So, so I don't know. It just didn't get the love that I think a lot of people wanted, uh, which is kind of a bummer because I would love to see that game. Um. Oh, I do have one. Okay, hit me. Maybe you already had it, but you know your remake uh, kind of got me. Uh, you know your Mass Effect remake. Oh, <laughs> I think you actually hit one. That's exactly what mine is. But go for it. Is it about the fact that they've edited the game? Like they to took take the butts away? out, man. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? It's the best part. Is the nudity? Like, are you nuts? Like, well, you did take the butts out, man. I want to see the butts in 4K. Why can't I see the butts in 4K? Yeah, uh, I was reading all this stuff that the SJW yeah. movement has caught up to Mass Effect, and and now there's no butts. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous uh that actually isn't one of mine but i almost put it on here because i was like so bummed when i saw that i was like why <laughs> why why are we taking i don't even know anything out? about that game but i did hear about that piece it, of news it's you can fuck aliens it's great it's absolutely great like you you like it's a great rpg there are very few rpgs 
especially in its time that gave you the amount of player choice that it gave you. Like you could make a character and every conversational decision actually had an impact on the story. And that yeah. is something that is amazing. It's never around. You always end up getting stuck into this hamstring ending. And while the third one did kind of have that hamstring ending, which I mean, how are you going to end it at that point? You got to do something, you know, uh, the first two games, like you can move through those games so differently than other players. And one of the cool things is you can romance characters like, and we all know how much you love digital romance. Oh, I love digital romance. I'm a digital whore, man. I'm monogamous in real life, but when it gets into video games, I'm going to collect me some space STDs. It, um, never, it never caught me in any games I played. Never caught you? My Fable character had collected like 72 STDs or something. Yeah, I played Fable. I never really played with that aspect of it. It never did did anything for me, I guess. I don't know. There's just something. There's something sick about me, Phil. I'm not going to fight it. There's definitely something. Obviously, there's more than just you that are in (laughs) here. Yeah, but there's. What I liked about it is you could actually, like, pick a woman or man that you liked and build a relationship with them that felt realistic, which very few games have that. You know what I mean? They're either like relationships that are hamstrung in and you might not even like the other character, you know, or mm-hmm. there's no relationships. Whereas this one, you could actually like, I'm into this girl. I can actually romance this girl. And it carries over from game to game. Like, I thought that was a really cool thing that they put in yeah. there, you know. Um, okay, so since you said Mass Effect, I'm just going to go right off Mass Effect onto, the, onto my Mass Effect thing. Uh, so... Recently, uh, I can't remember the actual outlet that did the interview. Some of the developers of Mass Effect Andromeda were actually interviewed on, you know, Andromeda and what happened and why it was the way it was. And uh, the guy actually said there was a couple of reasons uh, that he didn't think it was it turned out great, and one of them was budget. Uh, the <laughs> the the actual parent company did not give them enough money to make more than two new aliens period uh so like one of the biggest complaints about andromeda because you had the original mass effect i know you didn't play mass effect so just to bring you up to speed the original mass effect introduced like 20 or 30 alien species that you could interact with some of them were teammates some of them were people you fought some of them were just npcs that you met they were all interesting they all had these interesting codexes that you could read about them you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. mass effect andromeda while i did love the game actually only introduced two alien species to the mix whereas the whole plot of andromeda is your character's are like launched from the original galaxy to a completely new galaxy to explore it. So like, why isn't there like a ton of races over there? You know? Um, so it was a big disconnect for a lot of people. And they basically said they didn't give us enough money. And every time we presented a race to them that wasn't humanoid, they X'd it because people wouldn't be able to cosplay it. Man, why would they cut funding on a franchise that was doing so well? So well. People wanted that game. They wanted it big, but they were like, they only gave us so much money. Anytime we presented, and the cosplay thing is just insane to me, like, that they were like, you can't make any races that are like, because 
their answer to the whole only be having two humanoid races was we'll make some jellyfish races. And they're like, you can't do that because people can't cosplay as it. I mean, I know cosplay is a big <coughs> thing, but that can't be all of your market. Right, right, right. You Definitely, if you're only giving them money for two humanoid races, allow them to make some non-cosplayable races just to make the game better, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. That was a rough one. And then finally, my last big odds and ends. Uh, and this one is kind of important to me, uh, though I don't know how much you would be able to contribute to it because uh, I know you didn't play these games. WB has successfully patented the Nemesis system from Shadow of War and uh, Shadow of Mordor. And, uh, I I understand. I haven't played those games, but I do understand what, how that system works. Well, so you understand why it's one of the coolest systems that's come out of gaming in like yeah years. Uh, here's the downside to this, though, Phil. Uh, because like this is bad. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they made it, they padded it. That's great. Because now they no patented, one else can use it. That is exactly right. Nobody can make a one for one copy. Nobody can even have it like. Like, they can sue anybody as long as they can prove that it's close enough to their code. And that is a super big bummer because I would love the WB. I would love the Nemesis system. I, I've, I've talked about I can't oh, count yeah, the number you, of games. Yeah, you pitch it for a lot of games. I and I, it, it makes you wonder, though, they just copyrighted. Why didn't anyone try it before? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and they've said that like the copyright goes into effect on the 28th and they're not sure if a game were to release before then with it, whether it would matter. But uh, um, but yeah, after this, it's not even a copyright, a patent. After this patent goes into place, literally WB is the only people who can use the Nemesis system. And that is, man, I want the Nemesis system and everything. I, I can't I can't understand why. When that game came out, it wasn't. It didn't immediately have people copying it, you know. Yeah, I don't either, because it is a a cool, simple idea. Yeah, and I, I just want to go ahead and point out, I hate Lord of the Rings. I hate the Lord of the Rings movies. I hate the Lord of the Rings stories. I don't like them. I think they're boring and stupid. And I played the crap out of Shadow of War just because of the Nemesis system. That is how good that system was. It was just that much fun to play with. You never had to do the story because the game was just constantly creating story for you. You know, I, I never yeah. beat the game. I put like 60 to 80 hours into it. I never beat it. I just went around having different relationships with orcs. It was amazing. Um... So, yeah, it's a real bummer that they got the patent because we're not going to see that Nemesis system in anything. And right now, WB Monolith isn't even making a new Lord of the Rings game. So I don't even know if we're going to see a Nemesis system in their games. Yeah, eh, that's unfortunate. It's super unfortunate. Super. I mean, unfortunate. you would think if someone wanted to bad enough, they could find some sort of loophole, I would imagine. Yeah. And, and you know, change enough to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean and and they've already said that like there are certain systems that are near to it, like the Watchdogs Legion system and uh there was another one that they cited that are that are kind of close to it that would not be affected by the patent. But I've played Watchdogs Legion. It's a great game. It does some awesome procedural generation stuff. It's it's not the Nemesis system. You know what I mean? Like 
Yeah. And the Nemesis, like, just think if the Nemesis system was in Marvel's Avengers, it would not be the trash fire that it is. It, it would at least have that, and that would be awesome, you know, but yeah. period. You would look past every bug and every shitty thing that that game presented if it had a Nemesis system in its multiplayer. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, that's how good that Nemesis system is, and it's just a bummer that WB, a company has only used it for two games, is the only people who can use it. Yeah. So that's it. My, that's my last uh, uh, odds and ends. We're not going to do Horrible Arena this week, so I think we should uh, just wrap the show there, Phil. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, we'll be right back with your uh, your obligatory plugs, ladies and gentlemen. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right. So that brings us to the end of the show and the obligatory shameless self-promotion that that brings Philbilly 330, I want to give you big ups for stepping in and helping us out uh, by being co-host this week. I appreciate it. Do you got anything special you want to plug? Um, special. Uh, the I did begin finally writing the not necessarily script, but my notes for doing my um, terrible talk. So <laughs> I'm hoping in the next week or two. It's I have a busy couple weeks with oh, some side side work, but uh, uh, I'm hoping to get that uh, over to Zach so he can edit it for me. Shouldn't be too hard. It's going to be a talking head type, uh, type uh, terrible talk. The mythical so, Philbilly terrible talk. We're excited. Yeah, yeah. It, I'll tell you, it's about um, my experience and opinions on the Switch from uh, console to PC. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that. It's exciting. I, I can't wait for it, man. It's been a, it's it's gonna be exciting. Um, I want to just tout Phil Billy's streams. They've been kicking ass lately with the Warzone, man. Oh yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Getting the guys in. If you haven't checked them out, um, we're I've been trying to do them every other week at least. Yeah. Yeah, we've been trying to do some streaming here. I've been keeping my lunch stream going, and and uh, we also do usually like a Friday night stream once every two weeks as well. I think uh, I think we're gonna try and shoot for this upcoming Friday to do a grounded again. I think you, me, and Filthy jump into some grounded. Yeah, we we need to explore the world we've been lacking or uh, slacking, I should say, on uh, <laughs> on jumping into that game. Yeah. Not because it's bad or anything, just. Uh, you know, the game's great. I love that they're building it as you go along, but you get to a point where it's like, all right, I've seen everything, so you got to wait for a couple more updates before you really jump in and get to the new stuff, you know? Yep. So I think we're all ready to do that, and we're going to we'll try and do that on stream this Friday, I think. Um, no. So as far as the other plugs, I want to give a special, special, special shout-out to a couple of things. First, OMGW is back, bigger than ever. Uh Everybody on the channel has worked incredibly hard on it. Even people who aren't on the channel have worked on it. It is quite an undertaking, and it is every Monday at 4 p.m. Um, it is really enjoyable. I do want to say Ziggy Vance can go fuck himself. He doesn't know how hard it is to run a, a, a YouTube channel. <laughs> he needs to stop bad-mouthing me every time he gets into the freaking uh, uh, studio, especially when I'm standing right behind him watching him do the recording. It's just mean. And it's mean-spirited, and if you wanted to be paid in more than Cadbury cream eggs, you should have asked in the beginning. 
Um, I think he's just salty that he found out Blaze Phillips got paid twice. I, I think that's what it is. I mean, Blaze Phillips is driving a Corvette and he's getting Easter egg candy, <laughs> but we're, we're going to rectify that. We're going to rectify that. We'll get to back to a happy place, I think. Um, I also want to plug new weekly show. Five things. You guys have always responded well to our editorial stuff, so I've started to do uh, – basically, it's just going to be five things we want to see in a game that's out. We want to see a game coming. We want to see from a game – down the road, you know, whatever. Five things, and each five things will be different. It is premiering, if you're listening to this, today at 1 p.m., if you are watching this, yesterday at 1 p.m., uh, and the first episode is five things we want to see in State of the K3. And I have already started to go out, talk to community members, talk to people we know on Discord, the foundation members, and just get their ideas for new shows, new stuff. Uh, I think the second episode is going to be on Call of Duty Warzone, which I'm excited to do, although a little bit more nervous since I don't know as much about it, but should be exciting, should be exciting. As far, yeah. as, far as the normal stuff, you guys can reach us on Facebook at DH, on Twitter at OldManGaming9. You can join our Discord. The link will be in the description be below. You can influence this and all of our shows from there. Please, please, please like comment and subscribe subscribe is the big one if you know anybody who wants to watch uh, who would be all interested in this sloppy mess we call a channel please tell them direct them to us have them check us out uh we would love to hear from them as well we're very we're a very 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 interactive community um and as usual as long as you guys keep watching and listening we'll keep making them we'll see you guys next week thank you phil billy no problem later old man fam all right, we're out, buddy. All righty. It was a damn good show, I think. I think mm -hmm. all things considered, it was great. I would agree. Um, but thanks for helping me out, man. Doesn't We never even talked about the fucking zombie game. Shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I made I even you watch it that. Down. I made you watch that, and I totally forgot to tell you. Doesn't that game look cool? And we it totally does. forget to Dude, have you checked out the grounded credits yet? No, I need to watch oh. it. I, I, this is the first night I've gotten on. Oh, it's so good. Just when you're done here, it's only 11:40. Go over yeah. to grounded before you get in anything else. When you open it up, just click on the credits option and just watch the credits and listen to the song. It is fucking hilarious. I the fact that it's in there and I never knew it just made me laugh. And and if this ends up a bonus or the 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 cold open and people out there are listening, go into grounded, go to credits, click on it, listen. Hilarious. Trust me. Trust me.